You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. And welcome back to the Hello Sport Podcast, home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Uh, brought to you courtesy of the Diamond Tina Podcast Network. Doing this on location today, punters, dribblers. I'm in Tasmania. Edward's in the great city of Sydney. Obviously, through the magic of the internet, we are able to enjoy one another's company uh, to reflect on, obviously, what was a famous Origin 2 victory, a Treboya victory, if you will, um, and the many other things that take up the sporting world that are less important for me to mention in this intro. I would now like to say hello to Edward Simpson, the eternal throbber and darling friend of mine, Edward Howard. Tom, it's an absolute pleasure to be here across the internet airwaves, mate. Uh I just can't wait to dive into State of Origin. I mean, Wednesday, it was Sunday night rather for me, was just one of the most sensational moments of my life. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's kind of nice to uh, not expect one of the greatest moments of your life to be just like around the corner. Exactly, exactly. And also what it was, was it was just vindication for all the years of pain. Now, obviously, we won the series last year, but we we needed a good flogging, Tom. Yeah. We needed to put them to the sword. Do you know what I mean? Just show them how elite the great state of New South Wales is and how elite Mm -hmm. our young throbbers are. It was it was a thing of beauty. It was cathartic. It was like getting something off your chest. Exactly. It was like going to rehab. Yep. Sort. It all like seeing seeing a shrink or something like that. Just yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I sort of it was like a baptism. Therapy. It was a baptism of sorts. Yeah. But you know, maybe or, or even like a confessional. You mm. know, you've been you've been a, a this as a state we've been so shit and it's like, dear, you know, father or gods of rugby league, I have a confession. My state's been fucking horrible at rugby league for the last ten years, twenty years, however long it's been. And you know, then it always last night was like the washing away of the sins. Forgiveness had been realized yes. and flogging was placed upon Queensland. They, I mean, do they suck now? Like I, I'm trying to work out what my takeaway from that game is. Do they just, are they no good? And Look, we should have won game one. Well, I think what it was, was it was, a, it was just a, a distinct lack of effort in game one, right? We always, we all knew that. I mean, if the punters and the dribblers have watched the, uh, the NRL, com put up some footage of Latrell Mitchell in the first game, like the seven things he did wrong, and they are just they right. are fucking cardinal sins, <laughs> punters, dribblers, cardinal sins. I mean, he should be whipped at a stake for the performance he put in in game one, and he's away paying his dues, and that's fair, and he's a throbber, and he'll come back. But it epitomised our lack of effort in the game in game one, right? And we only lost by a, uh, a bloody intercept, four points we went down by. But when the boys were humming in the rain. Tom, in the rain. Mm. I mean, mm. it was a thing to behold. Let, let's not let's not forget that it was driving rain when the boys were putting on the points. I mean, that's not easily done. You can't. No, that's, and that's I think doing the dry. Tom. Well, I think that was part of the reason why our Origin multi, which got so close to getting up and obviously filling, lining the pockets of every punter and dribbler across this great nation of ours. Unfortunately for us, we didn't see the the throb being so great that weather you know the weather didn't matter basically we expected unders everything else went to plan except for the unders and that's upsetting it was but upsetting I, and but i think but i think of all you know it, I, i'm happy to lose money to see uh tommy turbo throb at a level 
many didn't realise was possible in the game of rugby league. Oh, mate, do you think I give a shit about the multi? Couldn't care less. No. Yes, it was disappointing no. that we didn't get the money, and the punters and the dribblers obviously a little bit let down. But mate, when it all when it's all said and done, all we wanted was a big win, and Toby Turbo getting a hat trick, his brother getting man of the match. I mean, yeah. fuck me, Dad. What else? What else do you want? I tell you what else you could want, and I'm not Eddie. I'm not here celebrating injuries to players, all right? Because that's not my go. It's not your go. It's not the state's go. But I must say, I did notice. Now I don't know if this was maybe Nathan's last great gesture to the state to go like, you know what? I think it's time for me to injure myself. Mm. Like, no, he doesn't have no, no, no. Nathan doesn't have an assist to his name. No, he doesn't have a, a repeat set force to his name. No, he doesn't have any assist, a try line, line break assist. Nothing, but maybe he assisted the state by getting injured and letting Wade Graham slide into five eight, letting Jimmy Maloney ascend to. I mean, if he gets us this this series win, Jimmy ascends to rarefied air, back to back throbber. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe that was Nathan's last great thing of just going. Hopefully, you would assume he's not picked for game three for this injury. He's just gone. I'm just going to fuck this ankle, be on repair at least for game three and let someone else step in who has the ability to force repeat sets like Wade Graham, who's a back rower, but he already he fucking laid on a try. Mate, a couple of things, a couple of things. Now, Nathan obviously doesn't know how to set up, you know, tries or line break assists, but he he still played his role in the in in, the, in some sense, right? He didn't fuck up, okay? So no. we, we'll just leave Nathan there. Nathan's, Nathan's not, not going to be in game three. Punters, dribblers, I don't know if you realize, but the team is picked this Sunday. This Sunday. I mean, oh, is it yeah, really? there's no turnaround, baby. I mean, the game's on July 13th, so they'll go into camp on Monday and then pay, and then play again on July 13th. I think I've got that correct. I think it's 10th. I think it might be 10th. Now, let me just check the calendar, punters, dribblers. So if they go into camp this Sunday, the 30th, right, then they go and then they play on the 10th. You're right, Tom. So they go into camp on Monday. I mean – it's, it's, so Nath's not going to be able to turn that around. No, Nath can't turn that around. Nath can't turn that around. Now I think what we've got in Jimmy Maloney is a big, he's a big game winner. All right, he loves the big stage. Two prams. We called for we it. We called for it, mate. He knows how to fucking win football matches, and that's something you can't teach, mate. It's something you cannot teach. Now, yeah, Cameron Munster. I mean, he's a winner. He's a big game player, and he didn't play that well. But that's because his pack wasn't rolling forward. We've always had the pack. We've always had the forwards. Now, we've got Maloney, who knows how to win footy matches, going behind a fucking immense pack, who just rolled through the middle, led by the great Jake Tavoyevich, led by the great. The great. The great. The great. I mean, he'll start of Poppers alongside Clemmer, alongside Clemmer. I mean, Jake Tavoyevich and Clemmer starting up front is fucking nasty, bro. Peter Sterling, former Blues halfback, Eddie, said after the game, or was it maybe it wasn't Sterling, it was either Sterling or Fatty, I don't know, but one of them said, thank you, Stephanie is my baby girl. As I remind you, Punish Rebels, I am down here in Tasmania, uh, cold as shit, and my darling uh, baby girl has just gone and got me a bottle of wine from the hotel bar and has brought it back for me and poured me a glass, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, what did you get us, doll? Shardy. She knows me well, punters, dribblers. Um, Love that. Love that. (laughs) So Sterlo or Fatty said, I think it might have been Fatty because Fatty's a manly man, but he said, I've always thought Jake far better at front row. His first season in the NRL played the full season at front row. 
just, you know, and as evidenced by the weekend, played 73 minutes up there, throbbed uncontrollably. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Fatty that said that. Jake Trevojevic in the front row in blue is is honestly something that gets me up and about. He yeah. is just an immense footballer, an immense footballer, Tom. So so you've got the great Jake Trevojevic and Tommy, the seventh wonder of the world, Turbo Trevojevic. Two brothers, both worth a million dollars on their fucking year. Uh, dominating for the state and then obviously making their way back for the Mighty Man and the Seagulls at some point, but that's not what we're here to talk about right now. Now, but I, I just wanted I just wanted to touch on Wade Graham. Mate, the bloke has played like one and a half games of footy after being out for, what, 10 months? Comes in, yeah. slots in in the second half and just plays a role, mate. He was unbelievable. Like his little his little grubber into the in goal to, to put Ado Car over was just sensational. Mate. Now, this is, again, I'm not here to bash Nath, but Nath hasn't ever done that, Eddie. Wade, coming back from five minutes of rugby league football after having his knees obliterated, lays on that for Addo Carr, classy little grubber, and then for the second Addo Carr try, show and goes, brings Gay Guy in, then gives it out to White and who then gives it to Addo Carr. Like, that little show and go, that little show and go was sick. I just wanted to give a little yeah, shout out to, to KO. Uh, the KO mini of State of Origin Game 2, if you haven't watched it yet, punters, dribblers, I suggest you do. It's your homework this week. Yeah, you don't need I all the fluff. You don't need all the fluff. You just need the good bits. And twenty three minutes, it's it's the best twenty three minutes of footy you're ever going to see if you're a Blues yeah, fan. Man. And even if you're a Queenslander, appreciate appreciate art. And I did watch it this morning after your on your recommendation. It is phenomenal. It's it's uh, it's really a sight to behold. Now, uh, like Jack Whiten, like Jack, like Jack White. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Does. Does Whiten go into six? No. Because there's yarns about uh, him going into six and then uh, Luttrell Luttrell coming back. Now, I don't know if he's been exiled for long enough off the back of the footage I saw. Now, I think Trell deserves a little bit more time in the wilderness. Yeah. Look, honestly, off the game one performance, Tom, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it shocked me. It actually rattled me to my very core, to my very core. (laughs) I haven't seen and it, off but the I will. Back again, back, maybe that's off the back. Dribble as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, NRL.com, uh, seven fuck-ups by Latrell, I think it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, compulsory viewing. And when you've seen that, you understand why we probably need to leave him in the wilderness a little longer. I just don't, I just don't want to touch what is clearly working. And when you bring Clemmer back into that front row, baby, I mean, goodness gracious. And you basically go, you say to Daniel Saifidi, thank you for your service. This will be yours one day, son, but now probably mm. catch you later. Mm. Make way for Clemmer. And then, so, I mean. So who would they bring on the bench? Who would they bring on the bench? Oh, so. Well, no, Vaughn's there. So no, Vaughn no, goes so to the Wade, bench. So Wade, Wade goes to six. Wade goes to six. Oh, Wade oh, goes yeah. to six. I mean, so, 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 back oh, no, but no, but Saifidi started. So then Vaughn will stay on the bench. Yeah, 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 exactly. Vaughn stays there. Saifidi goes. Clemmer goes in. Now but, Wade, but, or I don't you know could put, put, or you could put Saif, you could put Saifidi on the bench. Yeah, but if you put Wade in at six, you need a back row, right? Okay, so who would they bring so in? Yeah, that I'm not sure. Tariq's already there. Tarek. 
Crichton maybe comes back in, uh, but maybe not. You maybe want a ball playing back rower. Look, do your own research on that punter's dribble. Yeah, do your own research on that shit. I mean, we're not here to pick the side. It'll be out Sunday. Relax. Um, but look, I, it was just, you know, it was just one of the greatest nights of, of my life. Now, we look, to, <laughs> we look to game three. Now, with 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 euphoric highs, there is the potential for crashing lows, Tom. Now, yes. I'm not... We, we know that all too well as a Obviously... State. Obviously, I can't get too carried away with a game three drubbing, but I but I have and I will. But I need it backed up. I need it backed up. You mean a game a game two drubbing? I need a game three drubbing now, Tom. Yes. Yeah. 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 In New South Wales, the state absolutely foaming at the mouth. Um, I just wanted one more moment to celebrate Tom Trebojevic. I don't know if we kind of glossed over it. Like, did we the the seventh wonder of the world, the uh, the thoroughbred? The thoroughbred. Like, that- that jump over Ponga was delicious, mate. He made him look bush Ponga league. Was, he made him look bush Ponga league. Ponga was meant to be. He made him look bush league. He, Ponga looked bush league. Tommy just jumped straight over the top of him. Uh, apparently, the Swans were all up in that fucking Tommy Turbo's ass before he uh, obviously committed to the mighty Manly Seagulls. So he's obviously got the jump of an elite AFL player in him. I heard that. I heard that, uh, but I'm also yeah, like, yeah, they were writing in the paper today, like the Swans were a fucking lock. Had it not been for the fact that they couldn't approach him till he was 18, I was like, bruh, mate, he's been manning the barbecues down at Mona Vale since <laughs> since he could walk, mate. I mean, we've been over that. If you think he was going to yeah. feel you've lost your mind. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's 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 uh, back pages selling papers, surely. It's selling paper stuff. It's selling paper. Because I mean, stuff. it's not like it's not like Jake was about to fucking you know line up at full forward for the Swans. It was they wanted to play together. There's a third turbo coming up the ass, coming up the rear for Manly. It Tell was you what I liked, Tom. Tell you what I liked. I liked that the great Tom Travojevic is now playing in and around the middle, looking for football. Uh, well, that's what Freddie said. Who do you, who do you, who do you reckon taught him that? The Prince of Brookvale, mate. That's the prince. the prince is doing. That's the touch of the prince. Freddie was interviewed when Freddie spoke in his press conference after the game. He said that Turbo came up to him because Turbo was in the center of the field when he scored the try for uh, on Ponga yep. and then uh, the one, the, his last try where they sort of made that break. Like he was sort of, he was on the other side of the field. Mate, he was there last year. You know, last, last year's series where he just sort of was, he was just running. He just, he always seemed to be everywhere. He was the Blues players player for the series. Mm. Apparently said to Freddie, he was like, he was like, mate, Ferguson was just getting all of the kick returns, so I just went looking for the ball, and you're like, oh, dude, that is just, it just absolutely warms the coldest parts of my heart to hear how it just he goes looking for work, you know? Absolutely, it's just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. I can't. He's got can't all of the. Use. He's got. He's got all of the intrinsic like qualities you hope for in a son one day. Yes, Jake as well. Yes. Sons, both sons. Sons, they're almost the sons of the state now. Is that fair to say? The, I'd say that's the fair to New say. South Wales sons? The sons of New South Wales. That's right. That's right. Do you know, I heard this stat, and this shocked me as well, that if Freddie, if we win this series, Freddie's only the second coach since Gus to, have, to win back-to-back origin series for New South Wales. Are you serious? Yeah, so the only coach to do it is is Gus twice, I think. Now, I heard another stat. We haven't won a game three decider in Sydney since 2004. 
What? Well, let's mm. keep that in mind. The 2005, we obviously didn't because it was Joey. Uh, uh, so we won the series. But then from six to whenever, it's been a horseshit sort of time for us. Exactly. But, I mean, it's just a stat, and it's a stat that needs yeah. to be fixed and fixed Rectified. quickly. I was watching it I was watching it in Tasmania. Uh, obviously, you know I'm in Tasmania. I was in Hobart, and I was too nervous to go to watch it in a pub because I didn't think that – I couldn't trust myself to sort of be able to behave normally in like public. <laughs> so I was, so I was like to Steph, I was like, no, look, can we just go watch it in the hotel room? Yeah. And I was stripped down to your like, undies. I was, absolutely. New South Wales blue. Um, and just sort of like jumping around the joint. It was actually a, a wise decision for me to, uh, do you know what, do you know what angered me though, Eddie was that Steph was asleep before full time. So I don't know what I don't. I'd like to punt on the dribbler if I should leave her. Like obviously we're engaged, but I'm happy to. We can maybe put a pole up or something. I'm happy to go. With I'd put a pole up. I'd put a pole up. I'd be putting a pole. She was up. asleep before full time, and you know this is someone that I'm meant to sort of spend the rest of my life with, and I don't know if I can. Mm, look, I'd be I'd be asking the hard questions on, on the back of that news, Tom. Asking the hard questions. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it was disappointing. Anyway, I In, think that's Origin Eddie that's, and uh, potentially. Uh, my marriage. All right, Eddie. Well, you know the podcast that we're doing right now. Yeah. It's brought to the punter and the dribbler by our good friends at Bareback Biltong. Now, I've been indulging in a bit of Bareback Biltong. I have too. Got it out on Origin Night. It was a huge hit. Yeah. yeah. It was a huge hit. I'll tell you what, Tom. It eased the pain. Now, the Biltong that we're talking about, punters, dribblers, is, of course, Bareback Biltong. Their original and smoked chili flavors are always guaranteed to get the punter's dribbling. Now, Bareback's very first creation is the original collection, and that provides the right amount of taste to keep you wanting more punters dribblers. The perfect salt blend coupled with Bareback's secret ingredients, which you will not know about. Because um, they're secret. It's secret. They wouldn't be secret ingredients if, if we, you knew the secret. If we told you what it was, that would go against the whole reason of being, it being a secret ingredient. We'd just have to say of Bareback's ingredients. Yeah. And we wouldn't we, be able to say and secret. And then we'd list the ingredients. But they're secret, so we won't. Get over it. As I was saying, though, the perfect salt blend coupled with Bareback's secret ingredients, it allows it to be a huge favourite. Now, obviously, they were a huge favourite at my origin night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huge favourite. We had the smoked chilli. Delicious. Would the lads have loved them so much if they weren't cold smoked for six hours using the unique Bareback method? No, I think they would Absolutely spit not. them out. Now, punters, dribblers, this is important. Their smoked chili is the perfect blend of their spiced and smoked collection. Now, if something is spiced and smoked and put in a collection, that's good enough for me. Now, the simple oaky flavor is heightened by the addition of their secret spices. We've already touched on that. And they provide a truly rare and delicious flavor. Rare as hen's teeth, delivered across Australia, and you can buy them at www.barebackbiltong.com.au. I think, Tom, that we, before we go, there's, there's, there's other topics that we need to touch on. Now, there are obviously the punter and the dribbler, if they're still with us, um, you know, trudging through this 
awful audio. We apologize for that, but it needed to be done. <laughs> Tom and I needed to have our weekly dribble and we'll dribble rain, hail or shine. That's a fact. Much like the blues, much like the blues. It doesn't matter if it's pissing with rain, you know, we still perform. We still perform. We're still here. We're still grinding. We're still putting in the hours. We're still chasing perfection, punters, dribblers. Yeah. So yeah. that leads us to the elephant in the room. Now, we've given this fucking bloke plenty of airtime, but he's at it again and it needs to be touched oh. on. Israel yeah. Folau's shameless money grab to raise $3 million for legal costs so he can potentially make himself $10 million. That is, man, like I tell you what, uh, there have been many twists and turns in this saga. It's been going on for far too long, but all of them sort of like, all right. So he wants to, you know, he wants to end the game of rugby union in the country by suing him and all this sort of shit. He's saying things that are fucked up about gay people, yada yada yada, Christian rhetoric, rhetoric and Christian bullshit. Despite the fact we all know this is the sort of shit Christians believe. Um, this the, the GoFundMe thing was. Uh, I actually, like, I think most people were like, thought it was a troll, maybe even like a Batuta article, you know, like it was, it was it Batuta written all over it. It was absolutely shocking when it was like, oh no, it's real. And then what, like I was sort of uh, at work, we were keeping an eye on it on the morning that it was on and it was going up and up and up and up and up. Um. What really put it into context was when you saw the photos of dying children right next to it that were like, hey, need to like try and get 150 grand because my kid's got brain cancer or something. And you're like, oh, my God, what what a piece of shit. Like there's no other way to sort of describe it other than a, you're a piece of shit, bro. Mate, it's unbelievable. I heard today as well. I've been obviously I've been digesting a lot of information. I've heard whispers on the wind, whispers you and I hear, Tom. That you know how he wrote in that Player's Voice article, I think maybe uh, a year ago, about how he'd walk away from the game if Raylene Castle yeah. thought that yeah that if Raylene Castle thought that you know he was doing the game damage and all that shit. Apparently, he was still prepared to do that, but his old man has turned around. Was it Oyen Falau? I can't remember. Yeah, Oyen Falau. He turned around and said, no, if you don't fight this, you're as bad as the sinners. So he's basically told his son, listen, son, if you don't go out and get your old man $10 million, you're going to hell too. See, that was there was a part of me that felt like, well, there's a part of this whole situation that certainly felt like, Falau, and I don't I look obviously I don't understand I mean it's not just like an islander thing I guess there are examples in families where like you know the old the father no matter how old the son gets like the father still kind of controls or influences and all this sort of shit maybe mm. in more religious families that's also maybe it's more prominent but it's certainly so, yeah. when it was like certainly when he tur- when he was gonna fucking he was gonna take Whoa. the post down then his old man said no nah, you're gonna go to hell and then with this GoFundMe thing, like there's a part, it's there is a lot of it where you're going, dude. This just doesn't seem like it's just him making these decisions. There's absolutely no way. He's 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 abs- he's not a big thinker, Israel, as we've talked about. I just don't think he could go no. through all this without being advised or pushed heavily in one direction. And obviously, not a big thinker. When you start to threaten the poor bloke with hell, I say poor bloke loosely, but. 
when you start to threaten him with hell, I think it sort of maybe explains some of his actions. I mean, he would just be getting torn in a million different directions and he's lost sight. He's completely lost sight of what this is. You have breached your contract, mate, a contract that you agreed to and you knew in doing so that your contract would be breached. This has got nothing to do with religious freedoms, mate. Nothing. No, breach your fucking saying, contract. People keep trying to say that it's like democracy and it's a right for someone to post and like freedom of speech and da-da-da. you're like, dude, just you can say whatever you want. He's not going to prison for posting homophobic shit. He's just he's employers are allowed to also react. You know what I mean? It's like, well, we don't well, want you to do that. There's consequences to everything. There's there consequences, consequences to everything you do. You're allowed to do it. We're just allowed to fire you if it's not in keeping with community standards, which is gay people going to hell. Like it's just which, which you knew about, which you knew about. Yeah, he'd already done it. He'd already done it like a year ago. It's it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Mate. But then now, uh, what was great to see was that GoFundMe, uh, the GoFundMe got cancelled. But now he's actually the Christian lobby have backed him again, and he's now actually got more money than when he started with. I know, I know. It's unbelievable. What upset me, Eddie, more so than, well, not more so, but equally, was that he decided to time his GoFundMe with the exact moment we started ours to try and get Curtly Beal onto the podcast. Mm, I know. It's- now, do you think that was intentional? And if so, I also think it was tacky and classless. Oh, so tacky and so tuck. I mean, look, to 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 run off the back of our coattails was just appalling. And we've and uh, make no mistake about it, punish dribbles. We've we've raised a fuckload of money to get Curtly, uh, Curtly Bill on the podcast, the generational talent that he is. Uh, still yet to fully commit, but I feel like the wheels are in motion. You know, I think he's close. I think he's very close, Tom. Uh, my feeling is that the great Curtly Bill, the great throbber that he is, is imminent. Yeah. That would be my feeling. I mean, I could be wrong. I've been wrong be before. Right. I'm rarely wrong though, Tom. Rarely wrong. That's true. Rarely. So, look, fuck you, Israel. Uh, fuck you. Uh, just a quick one. Uh, if you just pause for a second while I go and grab this. Uh, uh, we had a – oh, actually, can I get it from here? We had a um, – a reach out from a punter dribbler around the Israel Folau saga. And I just wanted to see if I could pull it up here without. Obviously, internet is at a premium. Uh, so some food for thought off the back of the Israel Folau, he says. Uh, if you were on – if you're one of the people in the categories on Israel's list, do you th- uh, in terms of his list of people that are going to hell – do you think hell would have KO sports? Now, weird question, sure, but I'd have to say hell would have KO sports. Eddie, what were, I mean, if you think about it logically, if I was sent to hell, I'd imagine as a form of torture, I'd be made to watch the A-League or the Super Rugby, so they'd need a subscription. Of course, of course. There would absolutely be a KO subscription in hell for the hellish sports that occur and that are broadcast in this world. I mean, and you know, it's not. It's not like I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would. There's no link between KO themselves and the devil. They've obviously given us free KO because, you know, I mean, you know, we we've been through this, but emerging of two titans of the industry, they thought it was best for them to give us free KO. We appreciated the pun and the driver called for it, but I mean, the devil pays subscription fees. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not getting it for free. No. 
Mate, there's KO in heaven and in hell. Yeah. And in heaven, obviously, they're playing Manly's 2008 or 2011 grand final victory on repeat as you arrive. Well, it's just one It's just one into another on repeat forevermore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Mitchell Keating. Mitchell. Uh, again, strange strange question, but appreciate it. Yes, there is KO sports in hell. And um, heaven. but And heaven. But, you know, obviously Jesus and God don't pay subscription fees, but the devil does. <laughs> Before we go, Tom, I wanted to hand out a, a trophy. A trophy? Would that be all right? Yeah. Uh, of course. Pipe layer of the week. Oh, it's back. The Alex Ironside Memorial Big Papi Pipe Layer of the Week award. That's right. It's a mouthful, but it's, it's its title. And I think on this show, we use people's you know proper names, proper titles. Yeah. And yep. this week, it's going to, to Ashley Barty, who's just an immense little Aussie throbber that could. And is getting yep. pipe layer of the week for laying serious pipe in her ascension to not only French Open glory, but to world number one. She's the number one female tennis player on the planet, punished dribblers. And if that doesn't deserve the Alex Ironside Memorial Big Puppy Pipe Layer of the Week trophy, then what does? What the hell does? What else do you want? Congratulations to Ash, obviously, dear friend of the show. Um, now, look, did me already, you know, used to give her throwdowns when she played cricket? Did we set up the ball machine? I don't know. Look, you make of that what you will. Obviously, that's a yes, we did. But are we intrinsically linked in her success? I think that would be fair to say. Um, but just want to congratulate her on behalf of the Hello Sport family. Uh, so from, from us to you, Ash. Congratulations, darling. Now, Eddie, before we wrap completely, because obviously that's – imminent uh well i mean if for anyone who's listening to this we are uh, the australia are playing england england lost again in the cricket which i love they lost to sri lanka they're shitting the bed dude like this is sort of what we called right uh in the cricket world cup they they have all of this hype and pressure on them and they fold every single time they're shitting the bed mate they're absolutely shitting the bed and i'll tell you what's annoying tom i'll tell you what's really annoying on the cricket is that for some reason, when they lost, okay, they go down, the English, and we blow out. So we went from $3 to $3.50 and they stayed the same in the betting. Riddle me that. Then when I go online on the BBC and I read all the, you know, all the, the cricket media coming out of, of England, they're basically penciling in three wins against us, India, and New Zealand and putting these down to little hiccups. I'm like, bruh, that's not a hiccup. That's not a hiccup, mate. You've lost to two fucking beaters on your way to supposed <laughs> World Cup glory. We've just spanked the fucking pants off Bangladesh. I mean, Warner got 160 after 140 nuts. And all of a sudden, we're, you know, we're nothing because we went down to India chasing 350 or something. I mean, we can tighten the bowling up, mate. That's not a problem. But to turn around and to just assume that you're going to get wins over those three nations who you haven't beaten in a World Cup since what was it like 19? What are the stats on that? You put it up. Yeah, look, I put it up. I put it up, and I've since forgotten to deal that. But it was uh, it was like 20 years. Uh, or yeah, it was like 20, 30 years ago that they that they were able to do that. And let's be honest, all of those teams weren't as good as they all are now. You know what I mean? That long ago. They're they're absolutely up their own ass if they think that they're going to be able to uh, look. And again, by the t- when we're recording this, we haven't played England. So we may something, you know, I don't want to predict anything. Obviously, I think we'll 
absolutely mop the floor with them, but that may that remains to be seen. But to 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 think that to the hubris of this English nation to think that they've got three wins up their sleeve is actually embarrassing, but not surprising ultimately. Mate, it's a fucking disgrace. It really, it absolutely, it really annoys me, Tom. I mean, that's the fact. It really pisses me off that they've just on their high horse like England, bruh, you haven't even won a World Cup. We've won five of them. You've lost two pool matches to minnows and all of a sudden you know how to win in the big moment. No, you don't. You don't know anything you about the big moment. You have zero experience in the big moment, zero experience in getting it done in the big moment in one-day cricket. That's a fact. So how the fuck you still two dollars eighty to win the whole thing is just ludicrous, and I hope to God that we wipe the floor with you pricks tonight. One more thing, origin related. Now I don't know how to take this, but Jonathan Thurston on the Footy Show, I believe one of them. It's a Channel Nine one though, because that's who he's uh, affiliated with. But has basically now come out and said that the. Criticism of Mitchell Pearce during his ill-fated run of zero series wins across his origin career was unfair, and he thinks he should now be picked for game three. Mm. Is this Thurston trying to fuck us? Is this Thurston now trying to Mate, break Thurston, bread? Thurston has had – yeah, what is that? Is he breaking bread now he's retired, or is this the ultimate stitch-up? I think it's the ultimate troll. I think so. I think it's the ultimate troll. And he's, a, I mean, he's he's good, Jonathan. He's gone, I'll give him that. That's a good troll. You know, it's a great troll, but it's like, fuck off, mate. Don't. How dare you? That's a hell of a troll. That's all I'll say. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a deep, deep troll. That's an elite High troll. IQ on that troll. Elite troll. Elite um, troll from the great JT there. No, I think we'll stick with Maloney and Wade if that's okay. Yeah, or would you – someone actually – another punter dribbler asked us. I can't remember your name, but shout out to you. Um, uh, saying, what about Cody Walker back for game three? And obviously, you keep Maloney in seven. We you put Maloney to seven. Mm, I liked Wade more. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger body, played better. Um, I'm a Wade man, and Wade loves the big moment, and Wade's elite. So let's just go with Wade. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, you enjoy old Sydney town. I'll continue to enjoy the home of Ricky Ponting, Tasmania. Everywhere around this beautiful part of the country is, you know, there's, you can see Ricky in everything, in every leaf, in every tree, in every wombat. <laughs> Ricky is the state, is the state of Tasmania. He is. He's on their money. He's fucking, mate. It's, it's actually quite a sight to behold. Um, but... I'll continue to enjoy that, and I guess I'll see you next week. Punters, dribblers, apologies for the audio quality. Apologies for the, uh, you know, the slapdash nature of this podcast. Apologies uh, that my fiance was asleep before the game finished against New South Wales. All these things are out of my control, but all of them I'm sickened by to my very core and will do my utmost to reconcile for next week. <laughs> Tom, honesty is the first step towards salvation, my friend, so you've, you're on the right track. <laughs> Good to talk. I'll, uh, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs>